Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. This podcast is for you, and I welcome you to come as you are. There is no judgment here, just folks doing everything they can to stand in their power and show up every single day. So if you're looking for inspiration, welcome. If you're looking to level up or to make a change or you just need a minute, welcome. And if you're looking for some perspective on your circumstances, either personal or professional, well, that's my jam. No matter why you're here, I'm glad you are. And this message is for you. Welcome to my village. Let's go. Adrian, who owns his own law firm, he is here in Houston. Employment law, you're extraordinaire, who is an understandable advocate for the employer, understands what happens, especially small businesses as well but also someone who can be an advocate for the employee when they find themselves a victim of, victimized, succumbing to things that shouldn't happen. So he's just all around a person you need to talk to. So Adrian Villacorta, give him your website. There is no website. I actually your website? Prefer, no, I actually prefer to keep a much lower profile. Oh, his website's gone. Is it just AVV Law? They need to yeah, look you up, Adrian Villacorta. If you want to uh, reach out to me, go through Laurel. <laughs> well, there you go. I can connect you with Adrian yeah. or find him on LinkedIn. Yes. LinkedIn. Find him on LinkedIn. He is on LinkedIn. Um, so Adrian, this is going to be, y'all, this is going to be a tough, com- not a tough conversation in terms of the topic being tough, but a tough conversation because there's so much going on. So we talked about AI and as we were getting ready to go into the studio, you're like, there's just so much going on. So, so let's start here. When you think about AI, especially employers, so they're battling now with, do we do it, do we not? And pretty much, if you don't use it, it will use you. So most are having to figure out how to just use it some kind of way. Let's start with what are kind of the top areas they need to think about and be concerned about or you know mindful of in implementing AI, and then we'll maybe dig into some of those deeper. Well, you know, the, the biggest thing in terms of implementing AI, so look, if, if we're talking about a business, mm-hmm. generally speaking, with you're going to have some exceptions, but mm-hmm. the most valuable, the, the biggest asset each business has is data. Yes. And confidential information. It's not, I've got uh, 30 uh, backhoes. Right. Right. It's not those or assets. It's, it's not the hard asset. It's the data. Mm-hmm. It's what it, what are my numbers looking like? Mm-hmm. Who is my customer base? Yes. E, let, let's say even uh, you would think that uh, like Microsoft and those mm-hmm. tech companies, that's easy. Uber, right. we all know that's all data driven. Right? right. They have no assets. Right. But conversely, let's look at like a car dealership. Exactly. Right. So yeah, they have a lot of hard assets on Mm -hmm. the ground. Mm -hmm. But if you've ever bought a vehicle from a particular dealership, you are forever getting pounded on deals and promos and hopes. And that's easy, cheap stuff for them to keep soliciting you and and continue to plant their name in your mind for future purchases. Right. Buybacks, all that stuff. Exactly. That's data. Mm -hmm. Those are customer lists. Mm Uh, you go into an, another business where that's a little more sales or, mm-hmm. I mean, auto industry is, is right. sales or, or sales orient, oriented, but um, pharma or pharma, right. li- mm-hmm. literally anything. Okay. Right. So if you start off with the premise that 
because I don't think a lot of people really appreciate the value of the data. Right. So data is confidential. Yes. Because this is the biggest thing. And there's other, there's a whole host of other issues. Mm -hmm. But let's start off with this, the biggest, this is the biggest elephant mm -hmm. in the room from an employer's perspective mm -hmm. is, okay, we have confidential information. How are we going to maintain its confidentiality? Yes. And its proprietary nature. Yes. Because in you look through any typical non-disclosure agreement yes. or agreements with subcontractors or vendors, more often than not, you're going to have provisions in there that talk about uh, you have where you are going to be provided with confidential information from, yes. from us. Mm -hmm. Likewise, we're going to receive confidential information from you. We agree to keep it confidential. Mm -hmm. We have certain safeguards in place. But not only in those agreements, but in most state statutes, yes. what is not considered confidential. Right. And once that information enters the public domain yes. and is accessible to everyone, then it is no longer confidential. Y'all hear that? That is yeah. a massive, yes. massive problem. Yes. Especially because if you think about AI, AI is machine learning. It takes data. It uses all this data to learn how to redistribute and spit back out data, right? So, and so if you're talking about, because I want, I want to dig a little deeper into this data piece around confidentiality, because on top of this, so y'all, this is a real like business discussion today. It's not necessarily leadership, although we're making leadership decisions, but it is some things that you as business owners, as individuals within your business, as department heads, these are the things you need to think about. As solopreneurs, you need to think about. So when you talk about data, and you mentioned, you know, sales, pricing, um, confidentiality agreements, customer on top, information, customer information, sales list, customer list. On top of all of that, though, we now have the NRL, NRLB, NLRB that just said, hey, non-competes, don't do non-competes anymore, right? So what happens with <laughs> now sales data, pricing information? Right, because yes, you've got multiple vendors, but every vendor doesn't have the same negotiated agreement. Correct. So non-competes and confidentiality agreements are going to be different. Mm -hmm. So I did right. see a little piece on that in terms of the uh, NLRB. And I mm -hmm. think that was, so I don't remember exactly what it says, but, but I think it was along the lines of like, we don't recommend them or whatever mm -hmm. it was, but whatever the NLRB does, that does not mean that non-competes are unenforceable throughout the country because right. every state law governs non-competes. Non mm -hmm. So they are actually, in fact, Good. valid in Texas. Good. If we ever want to talk that. about that. But yes. they, I mean, you have to jump through certain right. hoops to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's also very fact dependent yes. and it's also very judge dependent. And you can't you say, you can't work in this industry when you leave me for the next 20 months. No. Uh, so there, that's a very nuanced yeah. and, uh, discussion unto mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. But you could have, let's say you're in a state that actually, let's say, maybe New York is probably, New York, California, are probably mm -hmm. going to follow that quicker than anybody right. else. Right. And so even if you have a non you have a prohibition against non-competes, you can still maintain confidential information mm -hmm. through confidentiality provisions. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And non-disclosure agreements. And non-disclosure, right? correct. Okay. Okay. So if you have a confidentiality agreement and a non-disclosure agreement, what are the kinds of things, you know, again, thinking about data, what are the kinds of things 
that people need to be thinking about where AI could end up being a problem. So this is kind of, it could take a whole host of mm -hmm. ways, but I think one of the primary ways is let's say we have an employee of the company. Mm -hmm. They want to prove themselves to the hierarchy yep. and they're a go-getter and they want to move up. And let's say, let's also assume that you have, that the employer already has in place certain protocols that before you can use AI has to get approval, right. whatever, you mm -hmm. run those traps, mm -hmm. but they don't follow that protocol. Mm. And they input data into whatever AI program mm -hmm. there is because AI is just, AI is a generic term. Right, right, exactly. And then you have different programs that use AI mm -hmm. to generate or do certain things. Right. Like I saw something recently, uh, AI generated call centers. Yes. Yes. Terrifying, right? Yes. Like if, you, if your spam calls are driving you crazy now, and Forget then you it. can yes. replace call, like human-based call centers yes. with AI technology. Yes. It is going to be insane. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, one of the beneficiaries of that might be one of those anti-phishing spam companies. So, right. like, it's it's going to get really weird really For a while. fast. Yes. So, going back to the original mm -hmm. hypothetical, you have an employee that says, "Okay, I want to build a different type of sales model mm -hmm. to target these customers," mm -hmm. and wants to take the initiative not only say build a sales model or technique, mm -hmm. and then like, you know, I'm gonna take the next step because I'm a go-getter yes. and starts implementing it, uploads that company's customer database. Yes. Now it's out in the public. Yes. Potentially. Yes. Depending yes. on what other internal safeguards right. are in place with right. AI and what kind of agreement yes. that the company may have or, or maybe that mm -hmm. employee didn't even bother. Maybe it's a chat GPT right. that doesn't require, you're not subscribing to a paid based AI exactly. program. Mm -hmm. Like, so once that gets out into the public and you don't know where it's going, it is it's technically done. no longer confidential mm -hmm. or proprietary of mm -hmm. that company. You know, and, and one of the things you said, so y'all just as a general rule, whether or not it's your business, it's your personal, it's whatever, it's your sorority, because we had this on our sorority as well. Remember, if you buy a platform or if, you, or if you use a platform and you're using a free plan, they own everything. They can use it. They can distribute it because it's free. You're using their stuff for free. So at a minimum, at least buy the minimum paid plan. Well, but that that doesn't even give you all the protection. You Not think all of you it. Might be right. Getting, because let's right. use, for example, you have a paid subscription mm -hmm. like Disney Plus, mm -hmm. Apple TV. Mm -hmm. uh, you do a whole host of any of these other media paid based mm -hmm. subscriptions, right? Right. TikTok. Oh, even yeah. That's I got free. rid of my TikTok. You do not once if if those user agreements are very detailed. Yes. And more often than not, <laughs> you are giving away your rights, certain information yes. that they get to share. And so your likeness the, here, they now, get to use. Now, now we're coming full circle, right? Yes. So your name, address, mm -hmm. and phone number. Yes. Typically. Yes. Sometimes other platforms you're giving them access to uh, TikTok. Right. All the 
almost all the information on your phone. Yes. Terrifying. Yes. Yes. So you give them that information, there's the value of data. They yes. know the value of the data, then exactly. they're selling that data. Exactly. Which is why my inbox is now insane. Yeah. And I had to change one of my email addresses. I just got rid of it. I'm like, this is ridiculous, right? So, so, and one of the things for you to remember is it's important to read the details. And I have to say, more so than TikTok, than X, or whatever it is now, then those platforms that have been around for a while, Facebook, all that, people, when they send out, we've changed our terms of, of you know, use and all that, people kind of pay attention to it. But when Zoom came out with their new terms of service recently and said, I did read it. Oh. And they said, they well, when they first put it out and they just had the first blurb, it was like, we have, basically we have access to everything. You use Zoom, we got it all, royalty free, blah, blah, blah. I lost my mind because I'm doing client calls on Zoom, right? I'm doing all of my stuff that I'm copywriting on Zoom. So I reached out to Zoom and I said, I need to understand, here's what I'm reading. When I, I sent it to my, my IP attorney, I'm like, here's it. look, this doesn't work. I will be switching platforms. I need clarification. And the woman sent back, she said, yeah, we got a lot of feedback. So here, here's a blog post that says what we're really doing. I'm like, mm. So are you still comfortable with Zoom? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Can you send that to me? Because I will. I actually I'll send it to you. Yes. <laughs> I'll, send it to you. I'll send it to you. I'll send the blog post. I'm personally not comfortable with them because I'm like, so you have to clarify because people are up in arms and they're like, we're getting rid of Zoom. So now you want to clarify. So now I don't trust you, right? Because is your clarification. So she said, you know, we're not using all your stuff. We're not taking your date. We're not getting your, your personal client or confidential client. Mm. Really? Because see, that's not what you said in the first iteration. So now you're trying to clean it up. So now I don't trust you. So, so I'll send it to you. So is that only if anytime you use a Zoom, they're recording it? Anytime you use a Zoom. That was the initial that was put out. Yeah. So if you're, again, if you're on their platform. And so I actually in the chat said, I do not give Zoom permission to use anything past, present or future that is related to my account. I put it in writing in the chat. Now, I don't know what that'll do, but at least it's on record. Right. And so I'm just saying, we're talking about businesses right now and what can happen with AI, but understand everything you're using that is a platform that's not yours, that you put data in, that you talk to somebody in, that you chat in, you know, whether or not it's encrypted, you need to find out if it's end-to-end -end encrypted. Y'all, there's just stuff you need to be paying attention to. And this is not about thinking about all the catastrophes, right? And all the craziness and not using AI. You either use the tool or you get used by the tool. This is about how do we use it smart? Mm -hmm. And how do we put things in place? So, so let's talk a little bit more. So we got the, if you think about the data, like sales data, customer lists, we got all that kind of stuff. Here's the thing where my mind goes to, and maybe it's just because this, this old HR mindset. I'm thinking about employee information, benefits information. If they've gone on a leave that we've had to manage, medical, medical information. I mean, disability stuff. Yes. Right. All of the, all of the confidential that you fill out around race, religion, military service, all the stuff that's supposed to be confidential and you may not even have to do it if you want to, right? You can say, I prefer not to answer those kind of things. What, for employers, whether or not you got one person or 20,000 people, what do we do with employee information? Because HR is one of the places, like we've, we've had bots for a while, right? You've had the little uh, uh, call Al Alex bot to get your, your- Oh, by the way, you know? you know that when you input that information into a chat bot, 
that too takes it out of the confidential domain. Did y'all hear that? If it's in a bot, it's out of the confidential domain. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we do? <laughs> right? I mean, because because here's got to have you have to have ironclad internal IT people. Yeah. That, that's really the only thing. And then the other thing is so if you have accidental disclosure, mm -hmm. so I, IT people to keep it secure. That's right. point number one. Yep. Right. Uh, which everybody, any business that can afford it should be doing right. it. Right. Absolutely. Because I know that stuff can get quite pricey. Yes. Uh, but not only that, so then what about employer liability for disclosure, whether mm -hmm. it's intentional or inadvertent? Right. Okay. Right. And so a claim could come up about that the company didn't take proper steps to mm. keep that information. We're taking this now out of confidential business information. Right. Now we're right. talking about confidential employee Personal. information. Yes, exactly. So the claim would be, you know, we have HIPAA, you're supposed to keep certain documents mm -hmm. in a separate file yes. under lock and key. Well, yep. that certainly needs to be revised. Yep. Um, and so the claim would be along the lines of an employer didn't take appropriate and reasonable steps to ensure that this employee data was kept mm -hmm. safe in an electronic format. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, then you, from an employer standpoint, they really need to rewrite their own internal uh, policies. Who has access? Mm -hmm. um, how do you have access? For what reasons do you have mm -hmm. access? Mm -hmm. What can you do with that information? So then yeah. all those people that do have access have signed a separate acknowledgement form mm -hmm. saying, look, the, we can only access this information for these particular purposes. Mm -hmm. And if we need to access this information, this employee information for a purpose not mm -hmm. listed, right? Mm -hmm we need to get appropriate approval from right. upper management, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So that way, so there's a, a policy defense that an employer mm -hmm. could assert is like, look, we took reasonable steps, right. internal. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those steps, employers right. are gonna get hammered. Yeah, because here's the thing, you know, we, we, we had the challenge a decade ago, right? Maybe not that long, because HR, we don't tend to be that progressive, right? No. Um, of move right of moving from paper files to electronic personnel files. So we had that whole debacle, right? Of getting getting things electronic, and then you're fighting with IT people because there's all I don't know what it is. There there's that balance of of security and efficiency, and it's always a battle. It's always a battle. Um, so we we finally got to kind of electronic files, and we were still keeping medical stuff separate from other personnel stuff, performance reviews, all of that kind of thing. Drug test results. Drug test results, who's going to EAP, yeah. right? All of those things. Um, and now we have these electronic formats of, of files, but that AI piece, if, you, if you're doing good succession planning, if you're doing you know, compensation studies, if you're doing all of these things and now you're using whatever platform you're using and you go to go to whatever AI you may be doing internally and saying, hey, can you do a formula that pulls this, 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 and this? Now you've got access to your pay and pay scales. So you got pay equity potentially getting out there, especially if you're not on your game and don't know what's going on. You've got 
promotions. You've got diversity stuff. You got, I mean, all oh, of the things. Th th that's, that's a completely, it, it's a relevant topic, but that's a completely different discussion. So I yeah. don't know. Right? So, so, <laughs> There's so, so much, y'all. So just to, to, you know, jump on that yeah. coattail. So the EEOC recently settled a claim. I don't remember who the employer mm. was. Mm -hmm. With an employer that had used AI in some employment decision processes. Did you know about this? No. Yeah. So they settled with this employer, which means that this is really hot and heavy yes. in the EEOC's yes. uh, desk. So they're going to be pretty active on this mm -hmm. stuff. And so there are actually programs out there, some AI programs mm -hmm. for hiring. Yep. Firing, discipline, all the things. And, like, and so, <laughs> like, this could be a lot of fun for me. <laughs> Employment lawyers are getting ready to make a lot of money, uh, y'all. Well, maybe not in Texas. But, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, because we're we've, got, Texas. we've got statutory yeah. caps. And, mm -hmm. But like California, New York, mm -hmm. it's going to be Massachusetts. crazy it's gonna be ugly. Massachusetts. It's yeah. going to be ugly. Yeah. Well, and but here's the thing, right? Because I don't want people to be listening and be like, oh my God, we can't do anything. That's not true. But here's the deal. It is important that you are mindful, right? Of where you're using AI. Are you using an internal AI within some firewalls? Are you managing access to that? Because the reality is there are things about AI that, that increase productivity and efficiency exponentially. So if you're talking about innovation, AI can actually help you tremendously in innovation if you put the right guardrails around it, right? And so I don't want people to be afraid of AI because it's not going anywhere. And it is so important that we think about it, what we're using it for, why we're using it, where we're using it, what guardrails we can put in place, right? How And, and, and understanding that AI does not eliminate the need for the human to be involved, to think, to strategize, to be a part of what we're doing. Okay, so then here here comes, I mean, since you brought up the, mm -hmm. hu the human element. Yes. So there's also the human element in the creation of this particular yes. AI program, yes. right? We're not talking about AI right, collectively. Right, not big AI. But, like mm -hmm. the, the, but the targeted program, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So to your point, like, yes, AI can depending on what it's being used mm -hmm. for, like uh, mammograms. Right. That's already right. increased the accuracy rate of detecting yes. uh, cancer uh, by, I think, 30%. Yes, exactly. That's great. It's amazing. Like, that's, ama that's amazing. But mm -hmm. when you get into more fluid, grayer right. human resource, mm -hmm. employment areas, which, and even government contracts. So yes. like, if you enter into a government contract, you have an obligation uh, you have a duty of candor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you're using artificial intelligence. How do you define candor with artificial intelligence? Point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so, but so here's the thing: people, you, you have people involved in the building of these targeted mm -hmm. AI programs, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can sometimes. We'll talk about the right people <laughs> later. Right. But like, people have biases. They do. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And you you cannot legislate ethics. Say that again. You cannot legislate ethics. We're you seeing can, that. You can train for ethics. Yes. But the people mm -hmm. and you, and you cannot legislate bias. Right. You can't. 
It's not possible. And so, like, there are always going to be problems mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Always. And, and that's the thing, you know, at, at coming out of kind of a risk mindset, risk management mindset, it is about identifying the risks and then mitigating those that can be mitigated and managing everything else. Yeah. Right? Because again, to decide I am never using AI, okay, well, if you're just calling and getting on somebody's chat to get service, you're using AI. So there's, there, there is no world going forward anymore where you're not using your AI, whether you know it or not, right? The challenge is how do you harness it for good mm -hmm. as opposed to exploiting it for bad, right? I am, and y'all know me, don't ban a single book. I think that's stupid. We don't yep. ban books because books give you knowledge. Books give you a way to start learning how to discern. And we have, by getting intellectually lazy, we have stopped being discerning around a lot of things. And there was an article I read, My actually my attorney, my IP attorney sent it to me. And it said, um, it was a research study that was done recently that said, you know, when AI first started, it was, it was when it first got really big, People used it for to solve math homework. It was right 98% of the time. They just did the test again, 2% of the time it was right. I'm like, because people don't think about machine learning is learning from us. And if we're stupid, <laughs> right, what is gonna spit out is gonna be stupid. So so what so what about the increase of college and high school students right. using AI? To, to take exams, take to exams, write papers. Yes. They're losing out on the ability of yes. critical, critical thinking and analytical thought. Yes. And there was a kid, this is why I, I keep out, keep holding out hope, right? There was a, a I say up. a kid, right? <laughs> I, I have to hold on to hope, Adrian. Um, there was a kid, I say kid, cause he was young, um, who saw this happening and he actually wrote a program to determine if something was written by AI. No, see, did you see that? that? No, I did not, but that, I respect. Yeah, that's masterful because he's like, yeah. yeah, we're not doing this, right? And 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 to help professors, especially when you got so many things you're reading, there was there was already this these these like programs you could run papers through to see if there was plagiarizing, right? Um, I use Grammarly as an editor. Grammarly's AI, right? It is you write you write the thing, you put it in Grammarly, and it gives you suggestions. You know, if you if you want to write it. In business language, if you run it really casual, it'll say, use this word instead of that word, or you misspell this, right? It's a, it's a an electronic editor. But I wrote the original content, right? And so when you think about AI, mm. if it is a tool that's supplementing your expertise, that's one thing. But if it is doing everything for you, we're like turning our brains to mush. I would love to know what your intellectual property lawyer has to say about that because that's a big issue as well. Yes, electronic editors. <laughs> well, not only electronic editors, but ownership of intellectual property yep. in a variety of different scenarios. Yes. Because I don't think, I've done a little bit of research on that mm -hmm. and I'm not an intellectual property gotcha. attorney, mm -hmm. um, but I know enough about it mm -hmm. so I know where some of the red flags are. Right. And there is a very big issue that is, there's not a congruent uh, area, the decisions haven't even reached the courts yet to, so people to figure out right. who owns intellectual property of an when you, document. when you, well, when you plug it into mm -hmm. AI mm -hmm. or, or a particular AI right. program, who owns right. it? Right. Exactly. Is it considered work for hire? 
Exactly. Don't, we don't know. We don't know. Because if you use transcription, like I'll send a video to Rev and they transcribe it for me. Now, it's clear it came out of my head because it's a video. But if I wrote it, did it really come from me? Did it really? I mean. Or what if you just say, write me a song about exactly. XYZ and then. What is it? I know. Y'all, yeah. it is. It? It's, it's a, this whole copyright trademark thing. Like I'm trying to get everything in now. Right? Because stuff is going to change. I want to protect what I can protect now until we know more of the rules. But there's also so much power in this AI thing if we pay attention. I agree. Right? There's so much power in it. So, so let's, let's take the coin that says, I've got 100,000 employees across the globe. And I need to figure out a way to implement a benefits plan or a training and development plan or something across the globe that is also compliant, right, with whatever laws or programs or languages, right, translation in the countries that I'm in. And in order for me to do that, as opposed to paying a consultant a million dollars to do that, I've got this internal AI program that's going to help me ensure, like, go double check, make sure I'm, I'm in compliant, in compliance. What about using the tool in a way like that? You're still relying, you know, I, I have problems with that because if you're saying to make sure that whatever we're doing is compliant, mm -hmm. right? so saying we're compliant with applicable law, whether mm -hmm. it's HIPAA or the Fair Labor Standards Act, um, what if there's a recent uh, modification mm -hmm. to that particular statute? Mm -hmm. What if there is a a recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling on a pretty important part mm -hmm. of that that, mm -hmm. that reverses 15 years of precedent? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, who do you, so let's say if you're relying on that, there's an error in the AI program. You get sued, mm -hmm. okay? Where's your insurance? Where, who's who's yeah, paying for that? That's a good point. A, AI is the 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 AI program. Mm -hmm. I absolutely promise you, they are you are agreeing to release and hold them harmless from any third party claims. Any I, third party I, claims. I absolutely I'm guarantee sure. yep. Yep. that they're not going to agree to indemnify right. indemnify you. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> and my and my fellow legal brethren right? aren't going to be happy that I say this. Yep. But if a lawyer does it mm. or a consultant does it, mm -hmm. then they've com committed malpractice or right. uh, could be sued mm -hmm. uh, for rendering an improper opinion. Mm -hmm. And you could go, you know, if there is a third party claim, you could right. seek contribution and indemnity mm -hmm. through them. And more likely than not, they're going to be tapping into their insurance right. carrier. Right. So. Yeah, AI is going to be way cheaper yeah. on the front end, mm -hmm. but if there's if there's a liability issue, mm -hmm. you're the one that's going to be caught holding yeah. the bag. So there, it gets to your point, you know, doing the the risk analysis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and look, hundred thousand employees that would scare me right. to death. Yeah. Yes. Well, and and here's the thing, we have a tendency to swing the pendulum to all or nothing, <laughs> right? So there's nothing that stops you from saying, I've got this internal AI thing that I use in my HR space. I'm just making this up, y'all, that I use in my HR space 
around benefits and looking at our benefits plans, understanding what our usage is, what our claims are, so we can start making decisions, right? And those kind of things. I have this internal. And then because I have internal and I'm getting these reports and I'm looking at them on a regular basis, annual, biannual, quarterly, whatever, I get my employment attorney or my benefits attorney, mm -hmm. right? And say, you know what? We are required to comply with ERISA. We've gone through and made sure from what we know that it's good. Can you just review this? So if you're, if, if sure. you can, you can utilize, like, like both can be true, both can exist, right? And what you're then doing is you're utilizing your human expert for expertise. You're not paying your attorney to write the thing for you. You're paying your attorney to review accuracy, right? That's a whole different thing, right? And so that ability to build efficiency at the front end for creation and then utilize your dollars more effectively for expertise, that's a good thing. That's a good thing, right? Because then you're spending your, because it's resources, time, energy, money, right? And time is not renewable. You can find more money, theoretically, right? You can get more assets, theoretically. You can even build more energy, theoretically, but you can't get more time. So if you can be more efficient in creation and then use your time in review, in expertise around compliance, in creativity around innovation, is that not a better use of your time and your money to do that with experts, right? So you're not, you're not getting rid of AI, but you're utilizing it as a tool as opposed to the answer to everything, right? That is so much, to me, so much more reasonable than just saying, we're not gonna use AI at all, or we're gonna use AI to do everything. The but again, if you're, maybe if you're like an Elon Musk, the risk doesn't bother you, right? You'll take whatever risk. I personally like to eat and don't want to wear orange, but that's me. Well, then you'll never get prison swole. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. So, so Adrian. <laughs> yes. Where, if, if someone is, is in, let's say someone's in IT, because I, I always said, COVID was a perfect time for IT people to really show out, right? I mean, to stop, to get out of there. You can't, you don't, 42 million firewalls, all that madness that we end up fighting IT people about. But to really get into the creative space of, look, people are gonna be working at home. We need to figure out how to make that much easier for them, protect our stuff, but also like make it able, right? Be able to do these things. It was a perfect time for IT to like really step up and like rule the world. Not much of that happened, but you know, it was an option. If we think about IT departments right now, with respect to AI and the protection of company information, people information, right? All of that stuff. As an attorney, if you were going into an organization that said, look, we don't even know where to start in terms of putting guidelines in place, but we think we need to start with our IT infrastructure. What are some of the key things you would tell them they need to think about? I think you really need to run the budget to make sure that you're not third-partying out your IT mm -hmm. and, and make sure that you're doing IT internally mm -hmm. and then you've got really qualified people. Mm. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because what, it, and tell people a little bit about, from your perspective, that danger of third-party IT. Well, I mean, their, their loyalty isn't always with you. You're just a mm. project. Yeah. And if you're not the biggest client, yeah, it just, you're going to, I'm not saying, 
I don't want it to be construed that I think third-party IT services don't have value. They right. absolutely do. They do, yeah. But I think it would also depend, look, A, do you have the budget? Right. You may be in a situation where you absolutely can only use mm -hmm. a third party because you can't afford to be mm -hmm. paying. Look, I, I anticipate those the really good IT people are going to start commanding a pretty substantial salary. I agree. And they're not going to be, they're going to be out of the price range of a lot of mom mm -hmm. and pop businesses. So right. they have to go that mm -hmm. route. Mm -hmm. um, I would also start contacting insurance brokers mm. because I don't think insurance carriers have really started, have come to final conclusions in evaluating risks associated mm. with AI. That's and good. I don't know if existing policies sufficiently cover mm. a variety of AI liabilities. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that. Right. But right. I mean, you, you got to get a good insurance mm -hmm. broker to start guiding mm -hmm. you through that process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got an internal making sure you've got good intellectual property, exploring mm -hmm. insurance options. And then I really think, you know, having good legal counsel from mm -hmm. the employment and depending on what you do intellectual property lawyers right. it's not like you're going to be hiring yeah a okay so maybe we look at it this way from a cost benefit mm -hmm. analysis if ai is going to be saving me a whole bunch of money mm -hmm. because no doubt it's going to be displacing right. employees mm -hmm. right i don't know how many of those how many human beings will be reincorporated because of right. whatever ai mm -hmm. is going to help develop, mm -hmm. but you're familiar with McKenzie. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. McKenzie is the preeminent global business consulting firm, mm -hmm. really smart people. Yes. Mm -hmm. They write a lot of really great white papers, right. right? They have suggested that by 2030, approximately 15% of the world's, yes. did you see that? 15% mm -hmm. of the world's population will be displaced due yeah. to AI, yeah. which is about 400 million employees. Yes. And that's only that is a seven years from now. Staggering number. Yeah. Yes. Now what they were very uh, specifically, mm -hmm. you know, um, pointed out was mm -hmm. that it's impossible to determine how many new jobs will be right. created Right. Vis-a-vis -vis exactly. AI. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but you know, it's going to take a team effort and it, I think it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive mm -hmm. on the front end. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, but you really need to be careful with mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Like it, I like it. I'm, and look, I tend to be more on the conservative side yeah. when it comes to employment related mm -hmm. decisions. Mm -hmm. um, but if I have a client that wants to be a little more aggressive, like, I'll tell okay, you what the risk right. is, but it, it's all part of the business yes. decision process. Yes. Well, and that's that's a key piece, right? We we talk about this a lot on the show is, and, and Adrian and I talked about this during COVID when people were trying to decide, stay at home, let people work from home, don't let people work from home, come back to work, don't come back to work, right? This is where leadership shows up in this realm of AI. Understand what are your ultimate business objectives? Once you know those ultimate business objectives, what skills are needed or processes are needed or applications are needed to meet those objectives? And then make decisions, intentional decisions about how you're going to fill that skill need, mm -hmm. right? And so part of this, as, as Adrian's talking about, is what decisions are we making 
as leaders around what we're going to move out, what we're going to allow to be part of AI, what we're going to require human intervention. So if you think about pharma, if you think about um, heavy R&D related businesses, those PhD chemists, right? Those engineers, those folks that, that are coming out of MIT, AI can't replace their brain. They mm. may be able to replace some of the calculations that they're doing or support them in calculations that they're doing. But the innovation happens because these people think differently, right? And so we've got to be, as leaders, you've got to be intentional about what is the true, where's the true value of your business and how do you protect that? All right. So in those, so you, I think you were kind of coming full circle mm -hmm. to a certain extent when we're talking about intellectual property. So right. the example that you gave, mm -hmm. big pharma, chemists, uh, it's certainly very commonplace in oil and gas. Yes. That when you have engineers, right? Mm -hmm. Chemical mm -hmm. engineers, uh, these really intelligent people who are charged with creating things, yes. whatever intellectual property that they are creating mm -hmm. because it's in their contract. It's in yes. all of their it employment is. agreements mm -hmm. that whatever intellectual property they develop, not only during the course of it being mm -hmm. in the office, mm -hmm. but as an employee, it as could be employee. while they're thinking about this stuff at two o'clock in the mm -hmm. morning or, or dreaming about it and then it right. sparks something. That intellectual property belongs to Dow, yep. Exxon, Give me some big pharma. Right, it belongs to Bayer, it belongs to it, Pfizer. Pfizer. It belongs to the employer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, then let's incorporate. That's that's real mm -hmm. world. That's pre real. That's AI. true. That's yes. pre-AI, mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't belong to the individual. Mm -hmm. Add AI in, mm -hmm. and once that gets input into a certain program or chat GBT, and then it gets out into the public, there's... We get into the intellectual property ownership issue. Right, right. And think about, this is probably me being really sinister and cynical, but I'm like, hmm, if some of that stuff or some of these drugs gets out sooner rather than later and it's not $600 a month, it's like $20 a month because now anybody can go grab that and make it. Any yeah. generic, somebody, you know, Mark Cuban can put it in his. Yeah. Maybe AI is the thing that actually changes the cost of healthcare. I don't know, right? Adrian, as we wrap up, man, this is just, this is so big. And we may just have to have Adrian come back and talk about it some more. Uh, because we knew that there's just, there's so many pieces that it's hard to cover it all. You can't cover it all. If you think about, so we talked about kind of IT and what people need to think about. As an attorney, as someone who is helping clients navigate this AI space, what are you seeing as kind of the biggest concern that keeps popping up for people in your, in it, your clients? It's, it's the confidential information issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then look, things are going to be evolving significantly and rapidly. Yes. And so I did see that there was actually a bill in front of Congress. Uh, I think it's only in draft form okay. right now. Okay. It's called the No Robot Bosses Act. And I so, saw something about so that. So it addresses automated employment decision-making systems. Mm -hmm. Now, look, that's when that's you're drafting broad. those yeah. things, like that's just tip of the iceberg stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, the biggest 
thing right now has got to be confidential information yeah. and keeping that yeah. confidential information and making sure that you have the internal protocols. Mm -hmm. But because it doesn't matter, once it's out, it's out. Because it's public That's information. It. Once it's yeah. public information, it by definition cannot be confidential. Yes. You, there's no clawback provision that says, oops, I accidentally disclosed confidential information out into the yeah. public domain. I cannot claw it back. No, no. That's it. Oh, man. I think that's the biggest issue. There, yeah. And look, there is a whole host of other issues, mm -hmm. but the one common denominator mm -hmm. for every employer is yeah. the data. Yes. Because here's the thing, guys. You know, from an HR perspective, people, people have been moving for a while towards actually using technology to try to eliminate bias like in hiring, right? So look, taking names off a resume, taking, I was a proponent, I want the name off, I want the school off, right? Take all of that stuff off that's irrelevant. Do they have a degree or not if you're requiring it? But where it's from doesn't matter, right? So take as much personal identifying information off the resume before you're evaluating it as possible. So this, there's been this movement in that kind of hiring and talent management area to try to remove bias using technology, to keep people from having to input their resume into your system and then having to re-input it again into your, I mean, just stupid stuff that we do. But here's the thing, anything taken to ex an extreme can become a problem, right? Yep. And so the, the thing about AI to remember is that yes, there is evidence that there are certain jobs that just like with robotics, right, and automation, there are certain jobs and certain things that will no longer require human activity to get them done. Those things that are the same thing all the time, right? Deep math, some writing, all of those kind of things. Those are those are those are things that can easily be replaced. Well, look at uh, the the uh, screenwriters guild Ex and exactly. Los Angeles, the entertainment oh, industry. Like, that strike. is a massive problem. Huge, huge, right? We can have anybody write anything. Right. But here's the deal. Our brains are so complex and there's so much amazingness right, in the brain and the things that we do as humans that one of the worst things we can do in the face of AI is sit down because we're afraid. How do we take back control over this thing that's been built? It's not going away. Put some things in place that are reasonable, that enable innovation and movement and speed and efficiency while doing everything we can to protect the, the essence that is human, right? The creativity, the individuality, our ability to reason through things, right? That's not gonna go away. A AI is not reasonable, right? AI is machine learning. There's not reasoning in AI right now, right? It is machine learning based on tons of data that our brains at least in our conscious mind, can't process that kind of data. So it's not all bad. But I want you to leave this conversation, one, if you have employees, really thinking from a risk perspective, what is the confidential information that I have in my organization that is vital to my business and how do I protect that in the face of AI, number one. Number two, do I at least have some kind of protocols in place that are that's protecting personal information of my employees, right? Those are your top two. Don't worry about yeah, anything I, else. Those I, are top two things. I agree, especially with the personal employee information. Yes. Absolutely. Those are the top two things right now. So don't get all tied up in your underwear about I got to fix everything and protect everything from AI. You do not. Confidential information and personal information. Those are the things to really think about. And how can I put protocols in place to, to protect myself? And 
seek some expertise. So I will say this to you. Is it expensive to go get an attorney? Yes. Is it expensive, right, to go get an expert and to get really great IT? Yes. And what is it going to cost you when you have to write the check because you didn't spend it in the beginning? Yeah. It, it's also uh, really, really expensive to hire a lawyer after you've been sued. Exactly. Right. So spend a little now or spend a lot later. Right. And, and that gets back to risk. You've got to decide how much risk you're willing to take. Right. And what you're willing to spend in order to manage some risk or mitigate some risk or avoid some risk. Because those are there are three options. You either manage risk, you mitigate it. Right. Or you avoid it. Those are the three things. And you got to decide where you want to spend your money in terms of those things. So this is not the time as leaders to be afraid of really thinking strategically about your business. This is the time for you to step up and decide what is critical to my success and the success of this business, mm -hmm. what is critical to the protection of my people, right? And what is critical to the protection of my assets? This is not the time to be in your emotions. This is the time to be strategic and to understand how important creativity is, right? And how to protect it. And understand that there's going to be things that, as, as Adrian said, once it's in the public domain, it's done. So how do you create as much protection as you can without stifling your business? Y'all, it's about nuance. This is an art. It's not a science. But go do the risk management. Go have the conversations, strategic conversations about your business. This is not the time to be afraid. This is the time to step up. Mission first, people always. Go figure out what's going on in your business and do the right thing. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and for connecting. You can find previous episodes of the podcast on my website at laurelrutledge.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me on social media at Laurel K. Rutledge and or the Rutledge Perspective. And I'd love your perspective on the things we talk about. And if there's a specific topic you want me to cover, just let me know. And please share this podcast with someone in your village who may need this little piece of perspective today. And if you're so inclined, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on the platform of your choice. Apple Podcasts and Spotify reviews are particularly helpful. Thank you again for listening. Take care.